Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to the Daily Transcendence Podcast. I'm G.O.D. And I'm Ray. And we're your hosts. Take a journey with us into the realms of some of humanity's most inner thoughts and theories about what lies before us and beyond the other side. Take a step back with us from the day-to-day heavy burdens of this constant evolving life. From awakening the collective, astrology, the spiritual divine, holistic health, shamanism, and quantum theory, to the frequencies and vibrations of our universe, history, religion, numerology, and so much more. We spend countless hours researching to bring you the breakdown of information from some of the greatest minds in these fields and even our own experiences. We're here to challenge your thoughts so that you can reshape your own minds and beliefs into ones that better serve you. We hope you enjoy the discussions about the supernatural and the ancient knowledge that we have become so fond of and we wish to share with you so that it may also help you on your quest in this human experience we're living. Let the transcendence begin. Godspeed and share on. Welcome back. Hello. So, last episode we talked about the age of Aquarius, summing up um, the discussion on the traveling through the ages and why they were so significant, where we began at the beginning of all this journey of, uh, you know, symbols, beliefs, uh, you know, the the coming up of using those things as tools um, and how the, the uh, has how humans have used them throughout time. So now we come to a point where we've we've explained the characteristics and the summation of all of the ages. So on this episode, yeah, we talk about quantum physics and how astrology uh, becomes a reality through scientific explanation. We're going to break down how we can explain to you the effect that astrology does have on us humans uh, on Earth and also um, the the way that quantum physics and how weird and odd that the science of that is um, makes it completely makes it work. So we're going to get into that and um, give you a nice breakdown. So astrology. Astrology is a study in the correlation that planetary patterns have causal relationships to the events on Earth. So we're using cycles and planets and their placements to look at this clock, and this clock is giving us basically a um, characteristic and uh, formation of what's going on now in the universe. Yeah, and that's a key thing to to really make sure you're aware of because it, it's, it goes a lot deeper than just the basic premise uh, that these heavenly bodies have influence or are correlated with earthly events. It goes it goes a little bit deeper than that. It's not it's not so basic. Right, right. So as above, so below. A famous saying used through the ages. Uh, as within, so without. It would make sense because, you know, as everything, as the story's being told up in the sky, we're experiencing these things um, here on Earth. So... 
Astrology entails that all living organisms on Earth are affected by and a part of a larger cosmic fabric. So how do we prove this? Hmm. Well, we have to go into quantum physics. What does quantum physics say? So it's a very odd thing to say that basically the Maya or illusion of this of this reality we live in is that the wave and the particle are the same thing. Mm-hmm. So when scientists are observing something, it shows up as a particle. This is called the uh, observer effect where they did a bunch of studies and uh, they were trying to uh, calculate how particles maneuvered and, you know, the activity on a subatomic uh, level. And through these, they realized that the particle would act as a wave when not being observed. Mm-hmm. So it's like the more we know about where an electron is, the less we know about where it's going. Um, the more we know about something's mass, the less we know about its trajectory. Um, we can know the electron as a particle, or we can know the electron as a wave. Um, but the more we know about the electron as the particle, the less we know it as a wave. Hmm. And a famous quote from Niels Bohr, he was the father of quantum physics, the guy that brought it, the guy that brought it to life. And he said, it's not stranger than we think, but it's stranger than we can think. And quantum theory changed this measurable mechanical universe into a web of intelligence. Um, And in this environment, astrology makes sense. In this environment of communication of information that isn't just about seeing things, all of a sudden, astrology fits into a scientific paradigm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because like even for astrologers, like, you know, some some expectations that are generated by astrology are so general, uh, like a lot of what most people aren't familiar with astrology, that they that it's just very general that any outcome can be interpreted as fitting the expectation. I know that's a that's a huge argument from a lot of deniers of astrology. But some have used astrology to generate very specific expectations and they can be verified against outcomes in the natural world. Because honestly, when you take astrology, it's widely correlated with statistics. You know, you think about science. Science is the the recording and gathering of data uh, over time and then making comparisons through data and, and performing experiments by comparing and contrasting against that data. Right, and they're, and they're using the physical world yeah. as a measurement of that, mm-hmm. where it gets a little funky in quantum physics because it's not about measuring the physical world. Yeah. So like even, so if you just kind of break it down, astrology and statistics, you know, you, you know, you, we would all say that statistics also, you know, collects and evaluates observable facts for drawing inferences based on probability. It infers the properties of 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 a population by analyzing the properties of a data sample drawn from that population, like I was just saying. Uh, so concerned with the precision and reliability of inferences, it helps to draw that. Astrology be, can be viewed from context of statistical time series analysis because every part of astrology can be viewed as a division of time. It's honestly the earliest uh, measure of time before we even had time systems. So that's where the kind of proof is in the pudding right there. Right, right. And there was there was a lot of cool studies more back in the, I think it was in the 80s and the 90s. Um, mm-hmm. You had the Mars effect mm-hmm. and well, you had, you know, 
plenty of other different things, which we'll talk about. Um, but, you know, and that's the physical um, uh, manifestation of proving these things correctly. Because when numbers repeat and when things repeat, I mean, like, don't we all go by statistics you know, yeah. and in some in some circumstances, maybe it's a little different. And this is where I respect Bill Burr because he had said, you know, statistics can be really fucking stupid too. Yeah. Because uh, oh, most shark attacks happen near the shore. Yeah. Well, fucking course they do. Sharks live in the water. Right. <laughs> so statistics can also be played with. So there is a way to be discerning yeah. towards um towards these statistics. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to astrology and it comes down to things that they've you know they've measured over time and these studies. It does show significance to where it's not really um, a biased study, yeah. and uh, and a lot of people didn't like this. Yeah, you know, they thought it was cuckoo. Exactly, like that's true though, because you know, when it comes to data, you you know, you, you, the the outcome of the data that you're putting in is what the answer is. It's you know, because numbers don't lie. So you know, if you're putting in certain numbers or you're putting in certain calculations and projections and stuff like that, uh, you know. You can get whatever you really want, basically. Right. But this goes a little bit further than that. And like something I was like, so when I was saying about the whole fact of like that comparative data and everything and stuff, an example that was uh, that I want to give you, uh, it was done by a researcher named Kevin B. Burke. And in a study based off of mercury seasonal influences, so that's, you know, a pattern of mercury during its, you know, whatever seasons. Um he did a he he did a study based off of that if if um if there were any federal civil appeals during that mercury uh season none were found and it had no influence but then he also took data from uh, uh flight on time performance and mercury in those seasons and he showed that there was a strong and significant influence over that. So the how does that how does that come into play then? Well, if you think about it from the astrological standpoint, Mercury is supposed to be uh, in defining communication, travel, commerce, all that. So it's pretty interesting how something like federal civil appeals, which doesn't really have to do with any merc- mercurial energy. But on time flight patterns does. And when comparing in those two seasons, there was significant data with the whole flight pattern thing since Mercury has to do with uh, with travel and commerce and commuting and all that. So um, he found the statistic likeliness from 1.8 million flights during a mercurial season influence. Um, so on time flight performance was significant and very likely during those mercurial seasons. So that's kind of like how the data is used to kind of prove or disprove things. And that's done with all sorts of things, not just obviously astrology and stuff, but that's just an example to kind of get a gist of it. Right. And point bringing up, you know, that, yes, scientific measurements can be skewed. It can be, Mm -hmm. um, and there was actually a bit of manipulation and corruption in one of the. Uh, that's why I brought up the Mars effect. Yeah. Because in that specific study, there was a few scientists and people mm-hmm. that didn't like the fact that they were, you know, coming up with some pretty positive results on 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 these astrological studies. You know, once again, people want they don't want to believe in things they can't see. You know, they wanted it to be cuckoo. I mean, they base you know, 
I think a lot of people want to, you know, know the truth mm-hmm. about things, but they also don't want their own belief systems to be interrupted. So they're going to come with a, a lot of people do this, is that they've already chosen something. Mm-hmm. They're, they're somewhat of a biased and, and concrete uh, set of beliefs that's built into them. Mm-hmm. And they're going to take that and actually come from their paradigm, not realizing that they're defending their paradigm and not allowing the new scientific information to 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 end in a result to change yeah. that paradigm yeah so i mean like that's the thing so like you know we say about cycles and time and we always say that like astrology is like these cosmic clocks and stuff so um you know it, it kind of goes off the premise that astrology doesn't correlate with direct influence from planets but rather their cycles uh so like saying a statement like this planet caused this that can't really be supported with scientific you know, data and stuff, but instead saying this event is statistically more likely during this season cycle or pattern defined by the position of this or these planets that can be supported. Uh, you know, you think about its original uses of astrology, it's medical diagnosis, p- political guidance, probability and question answering. But yeah, like you were saying, there's a lot of uh, researchers that went out to do this and a lot of people that were denied. Um, and one of the first, uh, first, big well-known uh, scientists to really kind of explore astrology in the human psyche uh, was Carl Jung. Our big bad boy, Mr. He's Jung. He's the which, pioneer of psychology. Yes, he is. He's the he's the daddy. Exactly. So uh, but here's the thing. He was actually very skeptical of astrological influence with the human psyche, but he was open-minded to because as a scientist, you have to be ready to be proven wrong. Right. My point with the whole paradigm thing mm-hmm. is like, a, you know, to be a scientist, you're actually also stating yourself to be very unbiased and you're not coming yeah. from a uh, a place of mm-hmm. I'm trying to prove what I think is yeah, right. You're it's not all supposed about, to settle. No, you're supposed to take these studies and all of these things and take them serious and, and be honest with yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and that's where a lot of scientists, politicians, uh, medical studies and all this other stuff like, I mean – just throw this in there real quick. You know, big pharma, you know, if there's something that they want to prove to be this or that and it will help their profits, they will. That's business. You know, same thing with scientists. If they're going to gain a profit, you know, money runs the world. And this has to change if we want to progress as a civilization, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, um, so some of the stuff that he did, it like, because he was like the first to really produce really vigorous uh, scientific research on the whole astrology. Uh, so what he, one of the things he did was he contacted astrologers uh, from four different countries, uh, and he got astrology readings from married couples, and 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 they were made from over several years. So. The exact numbers were 483 married couples. So that's 966 charts that he went through to do this uh, this experiment. Um, he conducted statistical analysis of the charts and found that 936 out of the 966 had extremely large proportions of same contacts between the sun, the moon, their Mars, and Venus. All of these planets are correlated with marriage and romantic relationships, you know, when those, you know, link up for each other. So that was one thing. So then after doing that, he contacted Marcus Pfizer, a quantum physics pioneer, and had him calculate the odds of this. And the odds were 10 million to one chance 
So it wasn't just some random thing. So it's a 96.8 correlation of, of, um, of, of, you know, indication of marriage. Uh, Young did the experiment many times. Um, and he got the same successful results every time he did it because you have to keep trying to back it up. Uh, uh, also, all the details of this are uh, in his book, Structure and Dynamics of the Psyche. So if you ever want to see more into it, you could check out that book. Great, great book. And mm-hmm. uh, and synchronicity, too. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. yeah. Um, Carry on. He also, another thing, you know, we, you know the, the terms introvert and extrovert were excelled by Young. So... Um, he also studied the sun signs of 917 men and uh, uh, 1,407 women. So that's 2,342 people. He found introverts were the even number signs and extroverts were the odd number signs. Hmm. He did two studies to show this connection, one in the Journal of Social Psychology and the Journal of Psyche Interdisciplinary and Applied. Uh, so you can find those in in in, in his work there. Um, he also found the same results with 190 students. He also found that water signs to be more irrationally emotional, according to the statistics. Ooh, can vouch for that one. See, yeah, I, I got a Pisces moon. I could know Cancer moon. Yeah, my emotions are very very dreamy. Oh yeah, and as Cancer yeah. can be very reactive and if you, you know, like the hardened shell of a crab and if you hit that right spot on that soft inside, Ooh. man, I become a fucking bitch. You're going to get pinched. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And well, and also, by the way, relating to relationships, I've dated water signs. I've also have dated heard that fire and air <laughs> and let me tell you something, man. They are um they're a handful. Uh I don't even think that does it, you know, that doesn't even pay any justice to what they really are but doesn't make them bad or anything like that it's just you know it's a he's he's saying that these things come with some sort of characteristics and this is proven this is seen yeah exactly Mm -hmm. another just another thing while we're at it that he uh, did he conducted serial killer studies uh and the correlation with the signs for sociopaths and tendencies uh with their with moon positions 12th house placements pluto and mutable signs got positive results with exact correlations for those yeah this is a scientist so, and psychologist. And this is and that's how it's it's appropriately supposed to be done. And this is Carl Jung, mind you. Yeah, you can look his if you haven't heard his name, you might have been living under a rock. Yeah. Or, you know, it's just that you're not crazy into this stuff, but basically he's like the Einstein or like the, you know, mm-hmm. he's He's like Donald Trump of yeah. psychology. You got to know who he is. You know, well, you know, you hear Sigmund, Sigmund not Freud. Not as bad as Donald Sig- bad, bad example. Yeah. <laughs> you hear Sigmund Freud the- and, and Carl Jung. Like, right, right. honestly, you talk to any psychologist or anybody who's studied in psychology, they'll tell you, especially women, uh, they'll, I don't mean that in a bad way either. I mean, women like who are in women's studies, they know that Sigmund Freud was a little, a little messed up in the head. Yeah. Carl Jung, though had a lot of the same theories and uh, experimentations uh, and studied the same stuff that Sigmund Freud did. A little but, more grounded. But he did it a lot more grounded and really more thorough and had less of the chaos in his life like that. Right. So, um, but yeah. And also, so like, you know, you see how he did those experiments with moon placements. Um, you know, uh, moon in psychology, uh, you have Hic- um, Hippocrates, who who also did a lot of studying on the moon, and think about it: moon, lunar, lunacy. Studies have shown full moons and moon cycles to influence psychological um, psychological effects. Uh, and they did when they did the study, 
they did it originally uh, about a full moon. So they're looking at the full moon over and seeing, um, checking on, you know, police reports of arrests and stuff like anything that's like was real crazy over a three day span. Now, the numbers that they were getting in from that three day span were so so erratic and not like condensed and like being like, oh, okay, look, a lot of this stuff happened over this much time. Mm. But that was a three day period. We know the moon to go through cycles and how long? Two and a half. Well, two and a half days per. Yeah, per sign. exactly. But like that's so that's two and a half days per sign. But when it comes and, and to a full moon would be two and a half days. Yeah. So yeah. I would. Yeah. So exactly. But when they looked at it in more of a 24 hour window um, there, they found that it was more affected versus the three day effect. Hmm. So conflicting evidence, but there was conflicting uh, mythology as well when they applied it. So the mythology of which you do these studies, you know, is is important. Right, right. And, uh, you know, when you when you think astrology, you think of not just the planets and and their names, but you think of a rich mythology. And that's the whole way of reading it. You're using more of an intuitive approach. Uh, We're using these signs and symbols that we've learned. And then um, we get to, you know, break them down in our own fashion. Um, There is a home base for that. But there's also like to every astrologer, their more intuitive approach. But regardless these numbers show up, they prove some sort of significance and too, too much of a significance to ignore, you know, and how could this all fit? You know, how could, so we have some studies and we have some more to to bring up, but Hmm. we'll say right here, um, you know, how can this all really be a thing? How could this all happen? goes back to the beginning where quantum theory, it, it's, it changed this measurable mechanical universe into a web of intelligence. And it makes astrology, um, it fits astrology right in. It makes it make sense. Um, and so let's break, let's get more, let's more on the physical level here Mm -hmm. that our sensory organs, right? All of our sensory organs, this is our personal experience. It, it perceives through vibrations, hearing music and seeing colors are a result of processing electromagnetic radiation. And the visible spectrum, by the way, is a narrow slit. It's, there's a large band of frequencies. Um, it, some some assume infinitely. Mm-hmm. So everything has a vibration. Everything is. Everything is the word, as the Bible said. And so you have something like, say, ultraviolet, which is a higher frequency than violet. We can't see it. It's higher than violet, but it's there. And now we can measure it. Same thing with infrared. It's a lower frequency than red. Um, can be seen by reptiles. Now in scientific studies as well, we have thermal scopes and all that. Um, and in the same realm, you have radio waves, short waves, power wave distribution, which are like power outlets. Um, so basically what I'm trying to say is everything's measurable on that frequency band. Everything has its own band. So as ultraviolet can go as fast as gamma radiation, uh, these waves are so high in frequency that they could pass through the earth with no acknowledgement of anything solid preventing its passing planet waves are not separate from the electromagnetic spectrum. Science Mm. has become so good with instrumenting electromagnetic radiation because everything is electrical and magnetic, but only in high enough frequencies to get repetitive signals, though. So with the problem here, with instrumenting anything from a planet, like a Saturn wave, that instead of happening in gigahertz, megahertz, or kilohertz, it's happening three cycles per century. Mm. We talk about the moon, you say. 
the moon is 13 cycles per year yeah. around. And what's ironic is it moves through 12 signs. So mm-hmm. the way you're going to measure a cycle is through its transits. So how do we get a, the question is how do we get a device that will tell us, um, you know, what the measurement is of a Saturn wave or a moon wave? And who knows, maybe sometime in the future it will. But we do know that in the world of quantum physics, the fact that everything has a frequency, everything has a measurement, everything has vibration, mm-hmm. that planets will also have that yeah well i mean you think about it too they also they have i don't know if you've ever heard like the the they did like the sounds uh of the frequency sounds of like the planets and what right what sounds they made and mm. stuff and you know you think about it since you're talking about waveforms like that is a waveform right. so it is given off you know you can't it is given off some type of energy and now think about it on a bigger scale of their actual cycles and their movements and everything and stuff like that how that interacts with all the other energy around those planets and then the earth too on top of it and right and you know what we're so small right we're so um, we're so tiny compared to say, if you ever looked at a comparison from Saturn, say to earth, mm-hmm. you could say, man, how could it be so far away and affect me here? Well, one, it's gigantic moving at, you know, a crazy speed, mm-hmm. uh, you know, spitting on its rotation and we could hear the sound of it too. Yeah. But also this goes back to the web of quantum physics mm-hmm. that everything is interconnected. Yeah. Space is not actually empty. No, not that at all. Empty space is not actually empty space. Stuff like dark matter. Yeah. You know, it's proven now that we basically live in a web. Mm-hmm. You know, look up the picture when you got when you when you guys get the chance, Google um a brain and universe. And yeah. there's a picture of like now they've they've measured, you know, the 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 dark matter or whatever that is in that picture. Yeah. Right, dark like matter. the gray matter in the brain and right, everything. Right. So, like, just like you were saying before, as above, so below, yeah. as within, so without. Right. So, same thing that's you know up there, that empty space where we think that the brain may contain empty empty space between our neurons and mm-hmm. stuff, but we've scientifically have uh, have seen that it's there's not actually empty space. That there's stuff like gray matter and I think even dark matter in the brain too. Right. And we found that there's the same in space as well. So it shows that that interconnection between everything as well. Sure. And it starts to make it all really make sense because now what we're talking about is the universe has a mechanism. It has its own math. Mm -hmm. And as above, meaning on the biggest, largest scale, things are working basically the same exact way. So some could say that we are in the big brain of a being. Mm -hmm. You know, you could kind of see it that way. I believe that. And because in a holographic universe, which we've discovered that it is, which, by the way, there's a CIA document. Uh, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but there's a CIA document that they have affirmed a holographic universe. Mm. Um, but, you know, where it becomes a dilemma, it becomes a dilemma because if we look at planets, you know, we see the objects. They're big blocks of rock. They're mass physical objects. But planets are are big particles, basically, because we're talking about big and large, right? And big and small, well, but yeah, they're waves. Think, yeah, well, you think about the vastness of, of of just space in the universe. So, yeah, right. And at so at the microcosm, quantum physics has us believing that microscopic subatomic particles bo- are both at once particles and waves. The particle wave duality. We live in a world or a, a universe of duality. But so on the microscopic level, planets in their own macro quantum universe are both particle and wave. So we have the web, right? We have the web of all things. We have the big brain of, of God or the universe, whatever you want to call it. Um, you have little subatomic particles, but they show up as waves. 
planet particle, also a wave. Mm-hmm. So, and it's ironic too, you think of like, you know, a neutron and electrons and they're all spinning around each other. We live in a gigantic Basically, a, neutron, uh, yeah. you know. A giant, giant it's atom. A, it's the same, yeah, atom. It's mm-hmm. the same exact thing. Um, so, I mean, so this really introduces not is there, just... Is it really giant though? That's the paradox. <laughs> a huge paradox because you it's really it's big, only, from, it? only from perspective. Yeah. You know, only from perspective are these things big, only from our perspective. But, you know, and this this all really does, it, it's not just a three-dimensional reality, it's a fourth-dimensional. This, this is also proven in that CIA document that time brings, that's the fourth dimension, time. Mm-hmm. It can go front, it can go back, it can go left, it can go right. Yeah. And we're going to have a, a pretty good episode on the function of that and, you know, manifestation yeah. and how we pot- potentially could be jumping parallel realities. Yeah. Time, no, not not you know, linear time, but then also more of the infinite time. Yeah, yeah, right. So everything's happening in the now. Everything's here. Everything's already created. Mm-hmm. Um, so Einstein, he has a famous equation: E equals m c squared. It shows clearly that mass becomes light, becomes mass, becomes light, becomes mass, becomes light. This is an endless dance, and it is through time. But time is tied up to the speed of light because as we approach the speed of light, time becomes infinitely slow. Here we get the paradox of time and space all being mixed in. Time stops at the speed of light. So now we look at astrology as a way of understanding how we perceive in this moment is now as just one piece of an ongoing unfolding series of planetary cycles like Geo said. And we actually use the mapping techniques of astrology, which astrologers would call what? A horoscope. Uh-huh. Let's break that down. Scope. What does scope mean? Scope. To a, see. Yeah. Right? It allows us to see something. Mm-hmm. Horo. Horus. Hour. Hour. Allows us to see the hour. Hmm. So, and just like a telescope allows us to see far away. Tele. Scope. Mm-hmm. You know, like telephone. Mm-hmm. You're calling someone far away. Telescope. You're seeing something far away. A microscope allows us to see or scope something small or micro. Um, so astrologers have a technology that allow uh, allow them to to unfold this understanding of this very moment, and possible through quantum physics and time and cycles and measurements. Uh, and this is with the respect to a larger perception of time, whether we do it in events or individual uh, individuals' lives. So. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's amazing stuff, and you know I've always really uh, we've done our homework for a long time now, and people always wonder, you know, how could it be possible? Well, the moon affects the tides, you know, like uh, Sirius is light years away. Some crazy measurement. It's affected the spin of our planet. Yeah, I mean it's 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 definitely it's definitely worth it to. Uh, to really explore and to go deeper because there's always there's always good information just like that's out there and just so like pass by on the constant you know they and, and there's a lot of stuff that you know when you use that little bit of critical thinking and you keep that open mind that you can you could kind of get that wow factor and be like wow like you know there's there's a lot more to to everything in our existence when you really try to take a stand back look at things but mm-hmm. also come from a place of intuition and feeling as well, you know, and, and, and also unknowing. 
Right, right. Well, an open-mindedness and knowing mm-hmm. that we know jack shit, basically. And not that we don't know things, but we make assumptions that we've already figured it out. Mm-hmm. You know, people already assume. And this is, you know, with me, it's always been the question of why I never submitted to, say, a, just a religion or just a belief system or anything else. I'm open to anything. And I I really recommend to every person to do that because, one, life becomes way more interesting again. It becomes way more interesting. And then... uh that's how the universe opens up doors for you is when you start asking the right questions, mm-hmm. you know, and not for nothing, man. I just have always had an intuitive thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do recall that we, we didn't get through every study. So, and I want to, I want Gio to give a few more examples of uh, some more things being, mm-hmm. you know, discovered over time through these studies. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the Mars effect and um, you know, since we're talking about uh, how there's, these influences uh not so necessarily just from the actual planets themselves but their cycles uh you know there was a french scientist and statistician and psychologist in the 1950s who sought to disprove astrology and his name was dr michel gacklin um he was uh first to apply rigorous statistical methodology to astrological research uh the mars effect is uh, it's in his book, Cosmic Influences of Human Behavior, and it is his most well-known work. Look it up if uh, you know you want to go further into it as well. But to give you the gist of it, uh, he evaluated a data set of natal charts of professional athletes and determined whether the tendencies of Mars to be either rising or culminating in these charts. He found uh, the Mars placements were not random and therefore statistically significant. Uh, this was considered very valid, uh, and it demonstrates um, it de- demonstrates a lot of likeliness between the whole Mars placements. And uh, in this study, it shows you it shows you exactly what kind of Mars placements and who had those Mars those uh, those Mars placements and during those Mars seasons, and how all similar actors or athletes um, had the same qualities. Uh, when all those different Mars placements, um, you know, so some who had Mars, uh, you know, in let's just say the first house. Yeah, the right? first house. You had a bunch of people that were very similar, bunch of athletes that were very similar um, in so many ways, even in just their personal lives uh, that also had Mars in the first house. They and, and those who were not adept into astrology uh-huh. there, you, when you go through the houses, you go through areas of life. And your first house sign and planets that are in that house, in the measurements of the chart, um, it's the house of self mm-hmm. and the house of your uh, personal behavior and, and what you're going to come off like. Yeah. And and also him being a statistician, you know, he uh, the chances of this were five million to one chance. Come on. That's not that's not right. I, I, I don't believe there's anything random. If you guys saw it on paper. Yeah. What five million to one looks like? That's crazy. That's crazy. Okay, and the fact that there were so mil- so many confirmed, validating, uh, you know, you know, data showing this, you know, it's it's not just like random or like oh, it just happened by chance. Like no, that's five million to one. That's crazy. Um, but the thing was, the Mars effect was actually replicated by a skept- uh, by skeptic groups, one being the Belgian Committee for the Critical Analysis of Parasciences. They were actually successful in doing this, and they got the same results that Gacklin got. 
Uh, but the thing was, they were embarrassed by the results. Um, and they actually withheld the information for eight years. Uh, then after it was released and stuff, it kind of it kind of already got flack. And like Dr. Gacklin already got a lot of flack from other different groups, one of them being a skeptic science group called uh, PSYCOP, C-S-I-C-O-P. Uh, they did a study and said they couldn't replicate at all that what Dr. Gacklin did with the Mars effect, uh, but was later disproven by a, a PSYCOP member themselves. The senior member, Dennis Rollins, he had left the organization and wrote an article exposing the cover-up, saying uh, saying they bungled their major investigation, falsified results, covered up errors, and fired colleagues who threatened to expose the truth. And that's like what we were saying before. Like, why would they do that? Well, you have some scientists that, not all scientists, but you have some people, think about it in just other people, like how their egos get involved and they want to be right. You know, and they also, you know, if they're if they're biased towards something like astrology and they find that, oh, shit, actual science worked and it's kind of proving that this is real, you know, it kind of discredits me a little bit. But you know what, though? The science and the truth is bigger than oneself of being right. Right. And well, and this is where I mentioned profit before. And 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 so if there is a scientific paradigm and certain mm-hmm. scientists are making money based off of, uh, you know, uh, doing certain studies or this and that. Now, if astrology, quantum physics, all these statistics he's mentioning, if that affects that paradigm mm-hmm. and it affects their pocket, n- not to say that they're completely evil, but they're going to come, they're going to go against it because now you're affecting their personal life and their mm-hmm. money and, and their profits. It's just, it, it goes right in line with big pharma and politicians. Exactly. They're going to get you to believe things because they want to keep their place in power and mm-hmm. this is human nature it's nothing that's secret yeah. you know this is human psychology here yeah. and i'm pretty sure we all know people in our lives or we watch celebrities or politicians or even pharmaceutical companies uh which by the way kobe bryant before he died was in a argument with a big pharmaceutical company before uh, huh. his, his helicopter crashed but i just mentioned it. we'll talk yeah. about that another time yeah but just saying they'll go that far potentially i could don't have doubt been, it could have, could have, could have, could have, well, I, I mean, come on. Kennedy was shot, like, and we know what he was doing and everything and what he was trying to unify in the same time as well as Martin Luther King. I know that's a story for a whole other day, but like, th- there's enough to show that, you know, some messed, uh, messed up things have happened to people who have tried to <clears throat> interfere with, uh, you know, some high, some right. big powers, some you know? certain things. Right. And yeah. you know, it's funny is conspiracy was not a word until I think 1968. Mm. And you know who invented it? The CIA. Yep. The CIA made that word up. And it's funny when you look up predictive programming and subliminal messaging and stuff like that, we take it as a joke. Or we, when we hear the word conspiracy, we cringe. Mm-hmm. But that was the intention. The intention behind it is if, look, they can put things in movies and they could put things on TV and if they could put things in religions and if they could put things in an information bank available to the public, they could get you to think in a specific way and the person that actually questions things uh, say like even these scientists are doing these studies, you're going to be ridiculed and you're going to be looked at as like a crazy person because you're affecting their paradigm. You're affecting their profit. You know, you're affecting mm-hmm. their lives. So they're going to put themselves before you. And once again, human nature. Yeah. 
So um, yeah, so that that whole that whole thing with Psychops and Doctor Gacklin and and you know them, you know these skeptic science groups uh, trying to test out this theory. Uh, the scandal became known as the Gacklin affair, and it was found that Psychops studies found the same thing Gacklin studies found. But skeptics nowadays try to use the misuse of Psychops tests to disprove the Mars effect. And they do that through the Zellin test, which the Zellin was basically the rep- the reporting of 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 Psychops doing the uh doing the experiment and not getting the results that Gacklin got. And they put out this whole big thing basically spreading disinformation and and the Zellin is like very was very like well respected and known in the scientific community. So they they put that out saying like oh like no psychops tried to do it and couldn't replicate it and this is why Dr. Gacklin his his study is phony and is not scientific and that stuck for a while and now because that stuck and a lot of times you know this whole Gacklin thing and his studies kind of get pushed off to the side and swept under the rug, you know, people still skeptics now try to use that whole Zellin test and they're reporting on, on it to be like, no, look, no, they, you know, it was disproven. It is disproven. Well, if you think that people didn't have some sort of affairs involved in things and money and that they, you know, that they wouldn't do that, they wouldn't, they wouldn't try to cover up something, then you are very naive very naive exactly and it's not like people shouldn't feel stupid if they were yeah if they were played you know it happens to us Mm -hmm. all the time and the idea behind it all is if you approach these things with an open mind and we you know we keep like our beliefs out of this and we just understand that you know to make new discoveries we have to become detached um which by the way is a a very aquarian thing Mm -hmm. is to become detached from your belief systems and you know suspend it you know like suspend your belief system and we're not asking or no one's asking people to actually you know if you want to have faith in a belief and you think you know and it's your opinion you know you go by it and if it makes you a better person but Mm -hmm. when it comes down to facts that could potentially change the world and can change all scientific paradigms we must follow it if we want to evolve if we don't want to evolve you know we keep following our false prophets and politicians and pharmaceutical companies and scientists and stuff and uh, you know we just don't go anywhere and that will lead ultimately to our destruction yeah and that's the thing like things like astrology astrology is not even a belief so if anybody tries to tell you that oh you believe in that like what do you mean do i believe in that you don't believe it's this it's the logging and the study of planetary cycles and patterns and everything there's nothing to believe in we know that that happens Mm. so it's not that i believe in it Right. Do I believe that it has an effect in certain statistically it is shown that certain occurrences happen during this time of this planet and its cycle or this pattern and we see that repeats over history and over time and everything. We have enough time behind us and occurrences in our natural world to show that. That's where that comparative data comes from. Right, right. And and with me like when people say, "Hey, do you believe in astrology?" I tell them I don't believe in astrology any more than I would believe in chemistry or mathematics. It's something to know. Gio's right. And it's a tool to use when it can be applied sensibly. And with this study or studies, it was applied sensibly. And it was proven to have some sort of significance, more than just some significance, you know? And, you know, let's be honest. 
let, let's go back to some of our religious uh, comparisons. Even Christianity, which said in the Lord's Prayer, as it is done on earth, is as it heaven. is in heaven, which is simply reflecting the fact that there is a connection between events down here and events up there. So yep. the signs are all over the place. And, you know, we we go through phases in our lives and these phases can seem to correlate with the movements of the sun, the moon, and various planets. We could look at the slower rhythms, more so the outer planets, and we could see the relationship between these planetary cycles, us, and events in history. Mm-hmm. I think history is our biggest, as long as we know the correct history, which yeah. I'm pretty sure generally we do when it mm-hmm. comes to little things. Maybe, maybe not it, so everything because yeah, of so textbooks and society yeah. being so... F- Fucked up. I think everyone can agree <laughs> that after we heard the Christopher Columbus story, and then when you get older and you really think, like, do you think they just marched on this land and was yeah. like, hey, you know, want to go look at the Christopher Columbus? Want to be roommates? He was a fuck up. Italy didn't even want him. He was. I'm a Italian. I go. We don't. I don't. I. I know a lot of Italians associated with Christopher Columbus. Screw that guy. <laughs> hey, he's a criminal. Yeah, they didn't even want him. They he kicked friggin- him out. He betrayed his own people. Please get the hell out of here with that right. shit. So, but this, we talk about events in history. And, you know, astrology doesn't affect only human, uh, individual humans, um, the rise and fall of how their lives go, uh, you know, the times in our lives where things seem to work easier and we're opposed to say times that are more difficult, which in study is obviously reflected on and proven, mm-hmm. but the same effect is with the rise and fall of civilizations, just like individual humans, mm-hmm. the hence, process of old age and, ages. and right. And, and to go through old age and decay isn't subject to just people. You know, we could follow these rhythms just like we follow the patterns in an individual's life. We can use astrology to measure a civilization, a country. Mm-hmm. You know, it's called mundane astrology. It's where we 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 look at the birth chart of something with that specific point. Like, for example, America was born July 4th, 1776. Mm-hmm. Now let's go look at that chart. Uh-huh. We're a cancer. Yeah. We're sen- Remember what we said about moon signs? Yeah. We're, we're sensitive. Exactly. Right, we we seem to come off like a cancer. We yeah. do, and that, and that you know that's funny because you said about the whole uh, you know energy and like that beginning and ending and stuff like that. So you know when we're talking about that and we see how this has a lot to do with those wave patterns and energy and frequency, uh, you can really see how the quality of energy from deep in the universe gives us the conditions that we see. Sometimes it's all elemental. Uh, with the motion and property of energy being generation, like it starts up, it's conserved for a while, then it, it corrupts until finally it destructs. Uh, as we see in all life, our bodies go through the same process as do many things even in, uh, with celestial bodies. Uh, it's labeled with the elements for in astrology as fire, earth, air, water. Fire being heat, that's the, the uh, generation uh, generative type of uh, energy earth is dryness and that's the conservation air being cold that's the corruption and water um which is moist that's the destruction and real quick yeah if you look at the the chart of astrology starting from the beginning aries to taurus to Mm -hmm. gemini to cancer yeah that fire earth air and water fire and it it keeps repeating and it keeps going so it has that pattern so it shows that if you look at if you look at wave patterns in energy and stuff how you know that that movement of going up and then down up and then down up and then down everything has that pattern so yeah so then uh the planets have their own motion and properties uh so they are the corruption in the outward magnetic pulse 
in the universe and they cause abrasion between magnetism and that creates that that generates that electricity and creates light and matter uh and all energy can be traced back to having that property of generate generation conservation corruption and destruction because it always begins and then can end unless obstructed or conducted by another body or particle as we're a cycle of a planet exactly mm. so therefore they interact and are connected together from the main center point of the first generational energy in our existence and since they interact they create new properties based in the relation of their movements when interacting with each other's vibrations so obviously if you go to sciences of our universe you can see how astronomy and astrology come in play and are scientific because there's no doubt the planets and celestial bodies have been there before us mm. we have been able to calculate their movements speed motions and qualities so there's a long line of proven data to support that and we are able to better detect this energy and its patterns and trace it back so knowing how the planets energetically corrupt that center point of galactic energy which is that magnetism it lets us know what kind of energy flow and patterns are directed towards Earth and us and even other places beyond us. Right. So now let's take that, right? And we, we've said that astrology or astrologers use these planets and these cycles with a um, within rich mythologies, um, you know, mythologies of symbols. Mm -hmm. And astrologers will see symbols that have meanings that have been attached to them by humans in many cultures throughout time and interestingly the symbols take on similar meanings in cultures that were very far apart they had no apparent communication um from each other and from times distant paths so all these image however carry over and as the cultures and all that stuff carry on i mean it's very easy for word of mouth that what was it telephone right they mm -hmm. put the game it yeah could be easy easily misconstrued mm -hmm. but when we go back to the basics you know like let's say astrologers look at planet mars and its rhythms and we definitely know that it's how we define our territory how we address conflict how our ego takes individual situations it's the god of war right so astrologers look at the planets relating to each other sun the moon mercury venus mars jupiter saturn uranus neptune and pluto with many comets or uh you know other sub important mm -hmm. planets like yeah. chiron and stuff and an astrologer takes these as like the hands on a cosmic clock yeah you think about crossing patterns like you know so that's the same thing so is that, yeah. right right and so like these patterns now repeat and we look at history and they show us the truth they show us these things as events on earth and we we will eventually go big big into like we've already talked about the age of aquarius what's supposed to come with that and we have some humongous uh transits coming which are very important so to understand this knowledge could help you really set up uh set yourself up in yeah. your own personal situation and the statistics will show also too like if something occurs that is big and we could say is significant with a certain transit you know we have enough science and statistics that we can use with data to realize that okay what are the chances that whatever just happened during this transit what are the chances that it happened by random and it'll probably be one of those, like in other studies, that 5 million to 1, that 10 million mm. to 1 chance. Right. So. Yeah. And I referred to a clock. Um, when using a clock on the wall, we see the hands come back to the same places and we know it's like the beginning of an hour. Um, they say when two planets are in the same place, that's the beginning of their cycle. It's the beginning of the hour. 
it's a it's a it's it's a reboot. We're starting over on something. It's a brand new cycle. It's a brand new pattern. Um, for example, when the sun and the moon are lined up, this is what we call a new moon. This happens once a month or a month because our calendar is astrological. Your whole calendar is basically it's just based off astrology and the planets. But every planet pair has a rhythm of new moon, like the beginning of an hour of the clock, or a full moon, like half past the hour, which uh, in astrology you would call an opposition. Uh, this rhythm repeats on a monthly basis. So the sun and the moon create a measurement in time that is called a month, but we on Earth look at the patterns and we divide them in half, and then in half again, and then in half again. So we start to realize our measurements of time and our measurements of everything come from natural occurrences. It comes Mm -hmm. from things that are already happening. We measure these things by that. Days, hours, minutes, seconds. So if we divide a month in half, you know what we get? I didn't know this hmm. until my research this past week. It's called a fortnight. Huh. <laughs> Very ironic. Yeah. Um, although we don't really use that measurement much anymore. I think en- I think England still does. Huh. But at one time, it was important. It was as important as a measurement of a month. So it's half a month. It's two weeks. Hmm. So if we divide a fortnight in half, we get a week. Huh. All right. And then you can keep dividing and going by all by the same math. So, whoever invented time didn't invent it. They found it. It was there. They it just was there. Found, right. found a way to log it. Yeah. With, our calendar. With their own interpretation of it. Right, right. And where they get the symbols or the stories, I mean, that's still one of my asked questions, and yeah. I guarantee we'll come up with the answer. Yeah, which there's definitely, there's definitely some answers to that and some origins of all that, but... Uh, sure. sure. Yeah. Well, we explain, like, during the calendar that, you know, certain times a year bring on certain characteristics yeah. and... You know, throughout time, they've observed these things in transits True. and have named them themselves. Yeah. I mean, you even the, think the, t- you know, the the days of the week, you know, how they're named after the planets and stuff. So it all goes along line with that, too, as well. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Monday, moon day, Saturday, yeah. Saturn day. Yep. Um, so. Martes. Ooh. Martes. Mars. Right. Mars. Or ran backwards. I forget. Mart- Martes is what? Wednesday? In Spanish, I forget. Uh, I want to say it's. I think Wednesday's Mercury. Luno, the day of commerce. Wait, Domingo, Lunes, Martes. Oh, sorry, Martes is Tuesday. Tuesday. There you go. So, so Tuesday, Monday, is Mars Moon, day. Tuesday, Mars Day. There's uh, Wednesday is Mercury Day, mm-hmm. day of commerce. Yeah. Um, Thursday is Be- Thor because, Day because uh, Lunes is Monday, Martes. Miércoles mm. is Wednesday, and you just said Mercury. Yeah. Yep. Wow, there you go. See? Yeah. And then Th- Thursday. Thor's Day. Thor's Day. Which Thor is mm-hmm. Jupiter in mythology, Martis. so it's Jupiter's Day. Yeah, with Lunas, Martes, Miércoles. Uh, Vien- Vien- no, Viennes. Hmm. That'd be Friday. Oh, yeah, Viennes is, yeah, that's Venus. Yep. That's right. Friday's Venus Day, Saturn Day, uh, Saturn Day. Why can I think what Thursday is in Spanish? Domingo, Lunas, Martes, Miércoles. Jueves, J U E V E F. There you go. Or Jove. Yeah. Jove. Because they call they also call Jupiter Jove. Yeah. And you go back to, you know, the Spanish, you go back to the Latin and it's very similar. That's why I'm doing it that way. And do you see, like, right on, like, on on recording here where we get our symbolism right but we're coming we're we're realizing these things like that's something we just we've never talked about that yeah we actually haven't (laughs) but when you know like languages and you know symbols and you know cultures Mm -hmm. you start to realize it really does all connect and it it becomes so much fun like after you really get the basics down yeah so our calendar proves to be astrological our naming of our calendar and these things which um you know the gregorian calendar we're going to have to go into a big conversation about that but um you know 
most of these things are in line with uh, with astrology. Yeah, that shit's, well, all that of them shit's are, funky. That whole very funky calendar systems of the world and all that. That damn Catholicism. Yeah. Roman Catholicism. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, yeah. So every planet and and its pair, every planetary pair could be any pair. Uh, like the two hands on a clock, like the hour hand and the minute hand have a cycle of repetition where they come together like a new moon and when they oppose like a half past the hour, like a full moon. Okay, so now if you want to further your studies into astrology and you study history and you start to realize that things repeat themselves, statistically, mm-hmm. now we can understand. And through science, we have quantum physics proving that everything's connected, everything's a big web of intelligence, everything's communicating to each other. And we start to learn, which by the way will be the next episode, of how we're like basically mini planets. We're little earthlings, we're little earths. We're little electromagnetic fields doing the same thing to each other as the planets do to each other. Yeah. Because we walk around with an iron core, which is our heart and the blood pumping in it, and through that pulse, a measured electromagnetic field is present. Everything's electric. Everything's magnetic. Everything has a cycle. Think about it too. We're even like little, little bacteria in in a particle as well. Sure. You know, we 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 can affect the particle itself, just like bacteria does, and all other types of living organisms that may attach. That's yeah. just something I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I yeah. mean, like, and and uh, and cells in your body, mm-hmm. they communicate through vibration. Yeah, they signal each other through mm-hmm. vibrational. So everything's a vibration. Everything communicates to each other. Uh, it doesn't matter the distance because distance is nothing but an illusion. Mm-hmm. You know, quantum physics proves it. It's part of the weird part of quantum physics. So now, where do we go? We say, hmm. Well, astrology is basically proven. You yeah. have the statistics. You have the science. Mm-hmm. And there was a um, there was a scientist. He was uh, he was a buddy with uh, with Albert Einstein. He was a professor, physicist, and he was at Princeton University. I'm pretty sure he's still alive today, um, and was a time in the in the or was alive in the time of Einstein. They studied the same information at the same time with the same books and the same data. This is what he said: We cannot even imagine a universe that did not contain observers like us. Because the act of observing the universe makes the universe as it is. We are a part of the universe that is a work in progress that is incomplete. We are tiny patches of the universe looking at itself and building itself. This is a participatory universe. What we see and what we feel are one in the same. Hmm. So it means we're not controlling the universe. We're not imposing our will upon the universe, but we're participating Mm -hmm. and co-creating with it. So... How could we use these physics and, and these sciences like astrology to manifest our best life? And uh, in the next episode, we'll go deeper into those ideas mm-hmm. that we affect the world through our thoughts, through our feelings, our observations, and in coordinates with the big clock in the sky. Absolutely. Amen to that. Right. Amun. <laughs> Amun. Amen. Amun. Ra. It's funny. Ra. I just said one, one, one thing, and I was just thinking about when you were talking about the moon and stuff, uh, something I read in, uh, well, now in medieval astrology and even pre-medieval astrology, um, you know, in order to be uh, considered a doctor or, or a health physician or anything, um, you had to know astrology. That was a requirement. Um, 
So the thing I was thinking of when you're talking about the moon and everything. So another thing is there's certain transits of the moon and also uh, phases of the moon. And I, I, I'm not too sure, but I think it's like eclipses where they even say that you're not supposed to go get surgery because you're prone to mass bleeding. Now, we have mentioned about the moon. Mm. It affects the tides, right? You've talked about it. It affects the tides. The tides is water. What are we mostly made up of? Water, you know, our blood. So you see right there, that's how right. it just wow. makes sense. Yeah, never thought of it like I that. Just, I just, it was it, like I thought about it when you when you said the moon and I'm like, oh shit. I you was know, like, and now that you say that, right back at you, the menstrual cycle of a woman hmm. starts spilling blood everywhere, yeah. you know? And that's at a specific point of the menstrual slash moonstrual cycle of yeah. a woman, which is every 28 and a half days. Exactly. Just like the moon. That's what, why. What is that? A new moon phase? Or uh, Yeah. So there'd be like a new egg. Yeah. And uh, by the way, I, uh, this is a Santos thing, but he had said um, the story of Humpty Dumpty, huh. that little tune there, yeah. or whatever, that little story, is the is the story of the moon. That the moon looks like an egg, Humpty and it fall, you know sits on top, and it falls back over and cracks itself, and then it put it put it puts itself back together oh, again. Crap! Wow! Yeah. <laughs> and all the kings, whatever, and all, yeah, those all the men, kings, horsemen, and all the all kings, the kings men, men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again. There you go. And hmm. what's funny is you know, king son. You know, so, yeah, and all those horsemen, all those zodiacs, you know, could be, but more so is like see how much there is to know, see how much there is to learn, and how interesting it gets, and how it could be just so mind blowing, and then also how it can spark your own creative thought and intuition about things, and it makes you realize that you know you're not just doomed for whatever goes on no. in your life. Nope, like you, you have an active role in those things too. You know, you are participating in the universe. Yeah. And like you said, you can't push free will. I mean, you can't push your own, uh, you know, complete will onto the earth and I mean, onto life in the universe. Mm. But, you know, you're, you play an active role and and your own personal life is a very small role in a way. But it's a bit it, it plays as a bigger role. So you could change you could change those things in your own personal life. Mm. Right. Mm. Beautifully said. Yeah. And uh, there was a good quote from a good old friend of mine who I'm actually not personally friends with, but I consider him in my head, <laughs> uh, Wayne Dyer. Uh, he once said, uh, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and why is it important to, to I'm going to add on to this. Why is it important to know astrology and the cosmic clock? Well, in the next episode, we're going to go through, you know, how we affect the field of uh, that quantum field. Uh, through emotions and through thoughts and stuff like that, where so we have this part of us where there's free will and uh, there's uh, God gave us the ability to do things or the universe gave us mm-hmm. the ability to do things uh, with free will. But if there's this big old blueprint, if there's this clock that's telling us what time it is in mm-hmm. our lives and we abide to this clock, this divine order that potentially could put us in better spots or make things a lot easier on us. Like for example, um, let's say in a chart, it says it's not, it's, it's a time to where you're going to have to lose your job. It's going to be a re- reformation of your life. Uh, it's not time for love. It's not time for this, not time for that. Mm-hmm. And, and now if you didn't know this, you're going to go through it and you're going to suffer. But if you know by the cosmic clock, the blueprint that, oh, well, it's not that time. It's not time for that. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what I should be focused on, whether it's my traumas or my emotions that helps or my with family. The, and you can see how psychologically that helps with that acceptance 
of being able to not play the, you know, you, you sit in there and accepting that this is just the time of it right now. And you have the faith that, you know, the time is going to come. So therefore you're not sitting in your emotions playing the victim role. Mm. And we know what playing the victim role can do. All right. So, yeah. Yeah. So this becomes like a tool now. Um, Got to know how to read that clock. Yes, it's very important. And, you know, you've had people like Hitler, which not a great person, but you had Hitler, you had Ronald Reagan. They both had astrologers. You had kings, you had queens, you have presidents, you have things. A lot of financial people use astrology. I actually was funny. I was reading about Bitcoin and I was reading about all this other stuff, finance, because I'm starting to. And there was a whole article. Yeah. On the Uranus and Taurus transit and how Taurus rules money and Uranus rules change at like like uh, sporadic yeah. change and uh, got, be on the lookout for that. And well, what's been, that? Well, what's that saying from uh, what's his name? Uh, J.P. Morgan. Yeah. Uh, millionaires do not use astrology. The billionaires do. Boom. So, and you're talking about Chase Bank, J.P. Morgan, the guy who his bank's still alive. He was he was around. I think the the Great Depression that guy started his uh his venture and uh, was he a good person i don't know it doesn't really matter but he used astrology yeah well that's what i mean no matter what like it depends also how once you understand the timing of things and also the the, the how things when they're extra charged or not charged you know how you act and conduct yourself you know that's on you though so that's what i mean it's not like you're doomed to some sort of fate or anything and stuff like that like it's about the fact of how you're going to handle it you know, yeah, your, your no, no response. matter what, it's going to happen. Yeah. What is your response? Yeah. Are you going to react or are you going to respond? Yeah, yeah. And here's another um, uh, symbol or, or here's like another metaphor of putting it. Now we call the universe the universe or one verse in a song, uh-huh. right? Yeah. And we have to go to the rhythm of the beat. Mm-hmm. And the uh, notation of that song is in an astrology chart. Get off the beat, it gets it becomes chaotic. Right. Exactly. And and also, if it is becoming chaotic and it's organized chaos, maybe mm-hmm. that's what that saying order out of chaos means, mm-hmm. which, you know, a lot of secret societies like to say otherwise. Yeah. Um, but or out of, order out of chaos where it looks like it looks like chaos. It's crazy out there. You got these spinning balls. We're on this planet flying 40,000 miles an hour into whatever if it's round. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's it. And which asteroids flown, yeah. zooming, everything, things destructing, and things, things rebuilding. It's what you said in the other episode. Being the bug on the dance floor, right? Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. You know, if you don't understand what, you know, what's going on and like you're just like an ant and you walk out and you don't understand nothing on the on a stage during a Broadway show, you're going to think like, what the hell? I got to get out of here. I'm going to get stepped on. But when you know the dance moves. Yeah. And you're like, oh, well, this is nice. This is, yeah, well, it's a Shakespeare play. Okay. That's supposed to be playing. They're playing Romeo. She's playing Juliet. Uh, this is what's going to, this is what's going on with them. This is the interaction they're having. I understand language. You know, da, 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 all that. Right. So it makes it all make sense. Exactly. And there you go. I mean, that's how you'd apply. I mean, you can apply. I know that when we were kids, you know, the boy who cried wolf and you had these certain stories that were supposed to teach you things. Well, that's kind of what we're doing here with astrology. And that's sometimes how they're interpreted, too, though, with other things. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not necessarily spoken. Uh, they could be like the way we've gone into about the Bible. Like they're not necessarily broken down in this way, but the lessons, the same lessons are still there as well. Always. So astrology is is that and that only. It is the way to read the clock of the universe, to know what God or the universe has in store. And it's not that you are condemned to this life of, oh, well, then now I have to read it and follow it. No, you're a human. Yeah. You have free will. 
it's the paradox of it all because it, life was nothing but a paradox. So you have the ability to go free will. I don't give a shit about the planets. I don't give a shit about anything. I'm going to go and riot and protest my, my red or blue or, you know, defend my beliefs and whatever. But all we're saying is it's kind of like we're giving you a little tip here on, well, if potentially you follow this. It it could just better your life. Yeah, it could be it could be very grounding. That's the thing. Like you don't have to necessarily be obsessive about it. You don't got to sit there and constantly. Oh, the astrology! I have to see what it says uh, every single waking moment. Like no, you don't no. have to do that. No, you know. But there could be those certain times where, when you understand how astrology works, uh, where you may be going through one of those phases or that difficulty in time, and you go back to read the astrology, and it helps you better maybe understand the cycle or pattern that you're going through. And therefore, you kind of just like ground yourself, humble yourself, gain a certain perspective, gain acceptance, and are able to continue and move on and move forward. That's, and go with the, go go with with the, the flow. And then also, there's mm. a time where you may feel supercharged and maybe like, oh my God, everything's going right. Like, let me, let me look at the astrology. Let me mm. see. Oh, well, I have this certain placement or whatever is going on and it's during this cycle. So, you know, you know, this could be, this could be really activating. Let me not sleep on it. Right. Right. Let and then it makes ambitious. every let me let me go forward, take action. You know, it could be those times. It can be used any any way. Like and it, that. it becomes a lot more fun when you're actually watching it and then you see things in your life. Like now since I've been studying and, yeah. and learning that I see transits in my own life, transits that are going on globally, and you're like, Holy shit, you know, it's actually happening in real yeah, time. Real. I'm watching it, you know. Yeah. Uh from back in August when the Leo King, David Palmer, he he uh he predicted the the uh, the plague. Yeah, you know, and then and he said it would be a plague that we've never seen before, and we wouldn't know if it was natural or not. Mm-hmm. And what has it been all year? Exactly. Look at uh, just all the all the theories on it. And in in line with the history of the sixteen or eighteen hundreds, I think the sixteen hundreds. Yeah, that. And there's a little bit also with certain transits uh, from you know. 1911 to 1918 as well. Flu, Spanish flu. Yeah, the Spanish flu. There you go. You know, then also you get, you know, he also, he also talks about how the fact that like people, people dying, not so much from the actual flu. I mean, there was a lot of deaths from the actual plague itself, Mm -hmm. but the fact that people were quarantining and at the time, the way they heated up their homes and stuff was with those wood, uh, what do you call those? The furnaces and the furnaces are giving off all these burnt toxin, toxic, uh, um, uh, what do you call that? Uh, like this, just carbon and like all like all this mm. stuff, and they're inhaling it, and that's how people are getting sick. They're not getting fresh air. They're not getting sunlight, natural vitamins. You know, then it's the the cold in the winter. So you know, th- th- there there's just there's just something to look at there. Yeah. And ironically too, you know, you talk about that stuff being an issue. It's um, and I'm not here bringing up conspiracies uh like a nut job would, but um, let's just. We're, I eventually want to really get into the science of what 5G can do mm. um, and how that is. That's going to be a good one. Yeah. And how like that's electromagnetic stuff and that's frequency. And now if everything's frequency and vibration and we all have electromagnetic fields and and that's sending frequencies through the ether, um, why, where we get Ethernet from. Uh, so if that's going on, what what effect can that have on us uh, on a health standpoint? And if that's the case too, you know, instead of the plague just killing everybody, what if something like 5G or the how we are bathing in electromagnetic soups, what if that's having an effect on our health and we don't realize it? Yeah. You know, what if our depression and our inability to know who we are at a core level because we're trying to follow the herd and we're trying to do things um, according to the book that was given to us, you know, what if that's killing you? 
What if that's killing your spirit? What if, what if it is the fact that you're just not being yourself and you're not going after the things that you love and the things that you really are to your true self? What if that's destroying your spirit? And we all know that disease starts with that. It starts with the lowering of your vibration, the imbalance of your body. Because, you know, disease can't exist in an alkaline body. Disease can't exist in a truly happy person. And if, let's say, a happy person does get a disease, you know, that could be remnants of a past. There is things called DNA and all that. Yes, there's mm-hmm. science to it all. But we can't yeah. ignore the fact that if our spirit is affected by these things, you know, he had mentioned that a lot of people that had passed away for those, those pl- the plagues, yeah. um, that a lot of the people who didn't follow their destiny became depressed and didn't live. Mm-hmm. Well, you think about too, there's also a lot of studies that show even how DNA can be altered by using the mind and heart brain activity and all that. So, which that'll be all stuff that we're going to get into. So that's why it's, it's really great to highly recommend staying tuned to us because I, I, you know, as we go along, we're going to just get further and further and deeper and stuff. And we're just really going to put it out there, you know, it's, it's building blocks and, and you're, you're, you'd be able to you know, go to your favorite episodes or snoop around and maybe not have to understand every little thing we've talked about, but I highly recommend it. Yeah. You know, I highly recommend sitting through the foundation of these things and because we're, we're climbing up a mountain right now. Yeah, it could, it could also activate your own creative mind and, and you could even come up with your own thoughts and, and your own theories and also, you know, maybe discover something that maybe we didn't talk about. And that's why we say we want to be in communication with everybody um, and, and for people to reach out. You know, we're all here to help each other. Right. So. In an age where community is a thing. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, they also do state that this is this will not be an age of guruism. Mm-hmm. It, it's not about you are your own guru. You discover your own truth. Yeah. Um I do it, believe the spiritual war thing too, you know? Sure. The witch hunting. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't believe that Jamatria. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> if you guys know what Jamatria is, which eventually you will. Um Jamatria is the matching matching of numbers. It's Kabbalistic, it's Jewish. Um, and words end up having similar, um, they have similar, um, they, they add up to the same numbers that have in correlation with each other. And, uh, my name happened to match witch hunt, which if you know, statistically, um, is very rare to match mm. a, a, a phrase or a saying like that, uh, and almost complete. So I found that very interesting that I've always been attracted to the occult mm-hmm. and to discover the witches of the world in yeah. a sense. I've also dated a girl that claimed to be a witch. Hmm. Uh, found that out later on. Don't know if I'm still hexed, <laughs> but I guess we'll. Uh, we'll, we'll Sorry, come, come I'm Italian. Me. I give you the malloc. Yeah, yeah. All Italians know. Hey, dude, those, icorni, icorni. It's funny. All those little things that people do, they don't realize. Like Superstitions, came, all yeah. that. Like, do you actually know what the uh, the middle finger came from? Uh, well, I heard about also phallus. The, like fuck you. Like my middle finger is my dick. Well, I also <laughs> heard too was the fact that. Um, what they used to, uh, I forget if it was like the French, maybe during the French and Indian War or something like that. Maybe I, I could be wrong, but there was also a story about the fact that when their trigger finger, there was a trigger finger. I forget who it was. I think no, I think it was actually between the French and the British. Um, I think it was Mister Burns who actually yeah, taught him. me this, yeah. and he was saying that what they used to do is they used to, you know, they would, I think the British or one of them used to shoot with their middle fingers. That was their trigger finger. Mm. And then when they would capture them, when they would capture them, they used to tie a wire around their fingers and pull it and basically cut off their fingers. So basically then when, 
you know, the say they let's just say for 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 the story's sake, the French used to do that to the British. Mm -hmm. So then when the French used to pass by those prisoners, they stick up their middle fingers like, ha ha, I have my middle finger. You don't. Ah, yeah. I mean. I don't know. I don't probably, know. No, right. It could he probably could have been be added on. Me. Right. Well, regardless. <laughs> Mr. Burns was a ball buster, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, with history, a lot of this stuff is, you can always question it, but I, I believe, I yeah. can see that. You know, that's not, not believable, yeah. you know? You ever, what do you know about the word shit? No. Uh, I should. I the, feel like I do, but the, I definitely don't remember. It's actually a good one. So, back when they started, uh, when they started, like, you know, having steamboats, you mm-hmm. know, they were, like, coal operated and everything, you know, so they had the furnaces. Sure. Um, well, the furnaces used to be not at the lowest level where they used to do to run the steamboat power and everything. And a big commodity was manure, uh, where they used to transfer manure all the time. Mm. Now, manure is you know, shit. obviously crap and shit and stuff. <laughs> right. But at the time, the word shit wasn't a word. Oh. So when they used to ship the shit, <laughs> when they used to ship it out on these steamboats... They used to put it at the bottom of the boat, mm. but the thing was the manure would let off methane gas and the methane gas would rise, would rise above into where this, the coal operating part of the steamboat would go and it would blow up the ships. So mm. when they would ship the manure, they started putting on the cargo crate boxes S dot H dot I dot T, which stood for ship high in transport. Wow. Right? Fucking mind blown. I don't know about you guys. That might be really fucking stupid to you. But that's fucking funny. That's fucking great. That's funny and I love it. But see, and like, just knowing the, like, I guarantee a lot of you didn't know that. Uh, Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. But, like, see where it comes from? Like you. fuck. Yeah, it wasn't Shakespearean. Fornication under Charles the King, and it had to do with the all uh, Primanocta thing where the king used to, you know, deflower the bride. <laughs> where the king used to deflower the bride when she got married before and would so that he can consent to the marriage and stuff and it was fornication under charles the king fucking chuck right fucking chuck fucking chuck Fuck and Chuck. Chuck, Charles. I know, that's why I did that. Is. I did that. That was on purpose. <laughs> so funny. I'll take some credit for <laughs> we're that. Go, we're going way way off the uh, radar no, here. No, no, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. I, I really think that it, it becomes fun. Yeah. And yeah, these are great. And, you know, if you really want to involve it in the conversation, what we're saying is, see all the origins and where things Man, come from? All the symbolism. Like, you don't know where things come from unless you do your some do some research. And please, stay the hell out of your history book. Yeah. Um, and be careful with Google. Yeah. Yeah, Jamie. Yeah. Jamie. Jamie from Mr. Rogan. <laughs> Careful with the Google. Yeah, that guy thinks he knows everything because of Google. Mm-hmm. I, I, I I totally think that's fucking retarded. Oops. And don't be getting don't be getting your your friggin' information from memes. Yeah. We're not five. Oh I have dude, I have a I have a book on that and basically saying like memes are like the new way that information's passed and people are starting to build belief systems off of yeah. Beliefs or oh, off of memes. Memes are just supposed to be funny and to show also sometimes that like, holy shit, we all think we, we I, I, I'm thinking something or I do something that I didn't know anybody else really does. Yeah. But a lot of people actually do. Sure. And you see it sometimes. And it could pass. I mean, it could pass information. Just mm-hmm. make sure you just don't go off a meme and say, yeah. oh, that's a fact. Yeah. Like, you know, do your research yeah. always. I mean, we live in the age. There's no excuse anymore. You have mm-hmm. the um embodiment of the 
Akashic mm-hmm. Records, everything that was ever known to be known mm-hmm. in your phone. And everyone has one now. Yeah. You know you got an iPhone. I don't care if you're you're homeless on the street, you probably have an iPhone. Yeah. And when you do your research, you gotta like check multiple different sources just because there's a lot of sources and even platforms as we're seeing nowadays with uh just between censorship and also the fact that uh you know there's a lot of you know things that are published on certain pat- platforms when you're looking for information that go more so towards the narrative of something that's more beneficial for that platform or who that platform um promotes so you have to do a little bit more digging than just typing into a search bar yeah i would trust a lot more of books yes um to get book recommendations and to go into teachers and authors that mm. really uh have good credibility yeah. And not by mainstream credibility, but by other people that are learning in the topic. And, you know, it's not, this isn't off topic because that brings up the whole. Even astrology. Disproving it and all that and then, you know, proving it. Yeah. It goes right. It goes back into that. Like those people had intentions, like certain individual intentions Mm -hmm. to, to, to gain something for themselves. And in Google, by the way, and you should, you guys, here's, this is a fact. You you guys should know this. Hopefully hopefully I don't censor this. Call it, call it G, <laughs> G, um, that I could. Well, this is this is nothing in conspiracy. This mm. is um, so. If I have a business or a website and I want to put it on the first page of Google, I just have to pay more than the next guy. That's it. Yeah. Okay. So if someone has some sort of agenda mm-hmm. and they don't want you to know something, yeah. well, they just got to buy the first page. Yeah. They just got to put things on the first. You know. Yeah. If they don't want you to know something, they're going to try. I don't know who they are. Money I talks, know who they are, talks, but I don't know who they are. Bullshit walks. Right. So the they will figure out yeah. in some one of these episodes. So don't be like, well, who they? What? There's this big old money. Yeah. Let's not. Well, That's well, the thing. No matter what, just when you're looking, when you're look, no matter what is politics, anything, research, always look at both biases. Because when you look at both biases, then you get to sit there, critically think and take the information from the one side and information from the other side. And then compare contrast and develop your own type of opinion but be careful of your opinion and your ego getting in the way and then try to see and get the more factual stuff and see what actually adds up yeah so it actually does take a little bit of discernment and discipline to research because you now have to suspend your things you know to be facts your whole life and you have to drop them and you have to go into these things without having any sort of personal intention of affecting or you know uh accumulating knowledge on that specific topic, which is what we do, you yeah. know, and, you know, Geo, when we first started getting real close, he was big on religion. He still is. Yeah. But guess what? He was open minded enough to realize because there's a lot of Christians out there that say, oh, astrology. Yeah, I have a hard time. I was just literally talking to my mom last night and we were uh, kind of going back and forth. And we're not argue- she's trying to argue with me, but I'm like, ah, I'm not arguing with you. I'm just saying that there's deeper stuff to look at. I, I, no matter what, down to the core, I believe the same integrity that you do when it comes to everything, but, but you got to watch out for the disinformation as well that's hidden within certain organizations and all that or certain things and how things came to be, why they're written this way, whatever it is. Yep. And she didn't want to get that. And, well, it's sick and twisted, but humans can lie. Yeah. And humans like, can yeah. manipulate. Yeah. These are real known, fa- you know, these are real it's known. It's in the Bible. It is to what me, I mean. That is though is, that that, yes. that lean not on your own understanding or the understanding of man and all that. Like okay, but there is a way to understand it. And the thing is, is I look. I always have looked at people like that. Not as bad people. They're not doing 
you know, they're not doing themselves justice, but I find it uh, lazy. It's lazy to me because you're not even giving something else a chance. Like if I told you from the beginning of time, you know, two plus two equals five mm-hmm. and your whole eight, nine, 10 years old, like, yeah, two plus two equals five. Mm-hmm. And then I put on paper, well, actually it equals four. Well, no, what I learned doesn't tell me that, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a very extreme example. Um, but, you know, that's basically what it is. And it, it's one thing if we didn't have some good evidence here, but this is a big reason why we chose to do this podcast because we we do have evidence and we just want to spark thought and we just want to expand the minds because it's going to lead to um, uh, knowledge being being our power. Yeah, we got to sync up the minds of the world. Got to sync up the people. Yeah, we got to not be so divided. Yeah. And we can come together and stuff like this. You can have your own depictions and your own names and stuff like that. That's fine. Yeah. But when it comes to the truth, you can only dress it so differently. Mm-hmm. It's only going to be so different because at the end of the day, you know, there are things that are in place that show that show that there is a, a, mecha, a mechanism or say like a pattern and it's, it's really there. So that's, you know, that sums it up. That, that sums up the whole point to this. Uh, well, on this podcast, but also this episode. And uh, on the next episode, we're going to go into uh, how our personal little planetary bodies, our little electromagnetic fields, our tourist fields, our, our energy has an effect directly onto the etheric soup that surrounds us. So we affect ourselves. We affect our health. We affect other people. We affect animals. We, they affect, and they affect us. This is a this is a conversation we're constantly having with the uh, electromagnetic field and soup mm-hmm. that we live in. Yeah, we give off our own magnetism and our own energy, um, and create our own auras too. That we're gonna, you know, and that's what we're gonna get into. All being able, to, all able to be measured, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll, we'll keep bringing the facts. And um, just like the planets, you know, we send out vibrations and affect the world and things around us. And um, it gets a little interesting too. Uh, next episode because it, it it's going to show how we the magical M word we we manifest and we bring things to ourselves magnetically, um, and how we basically can change our lives and our world just by a simple change of attitude, change of thoughts and beliefs, and um, and it's it's to better it's to better everybody listening and ourselves. And uh, we're really, really excited uh, to take that next step towards that. So Hell yeah. So stay with us. We appreciate you listening. Uh, as always, we just ask if you want to support us, please do. You enjoy it. Reach out to us. Uh, you have any recommendations, you know what to do. Uh, so always check out our Instagrams if you want to connect with us. And uh, we'll go from there. Yep. Yep. And we'll leave a link to... Uh, or all, all our social media, yeah. uh, we're potentially starting a Patreon mm-hmm. or, or a GoFundMe either yeah. way. Um, and we'd appreciate any donations or any sort of help mm-hmm. uh, to get this off the ground more. Uh, we want to be a big old community. We want to have eventually have people on. Yeah, It'd be nice to have a nice following, you know, and to be able to see the interaction and the connection with everybody. Right. And we're excited about that. So until next time, guys.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 